Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 21st Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com as well as the Associated Press at times and former Blazer beat writer from the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back. The Blazers are rolling. They're playing their best basketball of the season, Damian Lillard, playing his best basketball of the season. The vibes are good. Things are going well. But unfortunately, sometimes in the NBA, the next game's just going to get you, and that's what happens. And that's what happened tonight in Portland. The Milwaukee Bucks come into Portland and get a big win for them, uh, who a team also in in a playoff race of their own. The Bucks win at 93-90, surviving a last-second game-tying three-point attempt by Damian Lillard. He had a chance after a big game, another big game, answering winning the Western Conference Player of the Week with a, another phenomenal performance, but uh, just wasn't able to connect on the final shot. Lillard finished with 31 points, seven assists, five rebounds, and four steals on 13 of 26 shooting, so he had uh, a really solid game overall, but ultimately it was not enough for the Blazers as Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, was was big uh, throughout the game, but especially in the fourth quarter. Giannis had seven points in the, in the fourth. He finished with 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and Chris Middleton was the actual team leader in scoring for Milwaukee. He had 26 on 11 of 22 shooting. Both guys really taking advantage of Portland's defensive scheme. I thought, especially down the stretch, they created a lot of switches in half-court situations, whether it was Giannis getting on to a point guard or Middleton getting on to a point guard. or Usually they would go after... Damian Lillard or Alan Crabb and they got enough of those buckets down the stretch and they got they got buckets from them as well as Mirza Toledovic he scored all eight of his points in the game in the fourth quarter with a couple of big threes and another big bucket to boot so he was big down the stretch for the Bucks in this one and then uh Malcolm Brogdon who is probably uh, should be a bigger candidate for NBA Rookie of the Year. 
played big minutes as he often does for this Bucks team and, and, and played important minutes and played an important role in this victory for Milwaukee. Brogdon, the rookie out of Virginia, guarded Lillard on that last play and, and, and really made it tough for him uh, to get open for a clean look uh, on the final possession of the game for, for Portland when they were down three. Brogdon also had a big basket down the stretch in the final moments of the game. He finished with 8.7 rebounds and four assists. So lots of guys for Milwaukee who contributed to this win. Uh, Portland now is a full game back of the Denver Nuggets after the loss. Denver lost on Monday to the Houston Rockets. So they are now down a game uh, in the standings to the uh, Nuggets, who they face uh, a week from tonight. They will face them at the Moda Center a week from tonight in what will be uh, basically could be a, a, a play-in game, so to speak, uh, as as it would be fitting since it is March uh, for there to be a play-in game. But they, they really seriously will have one probably on March 28th, a week from today. They've obviously got to keep pace with them though in the meantime Damian Lillard was not a reason that they failed to keep pace and CJ McCollum had an efficient night as well he had 21 points on 9 of 17 shooting and I think on the whole uh, nothing has really changed for this Blazers team in my opinion in, in the way that they're playing because I liked what I saw from the big guys, from Nurkic, from Vonley. I thought that they really provided a spark. I I thought that they played well. I think that Portland really just had a major lapse in the second quarter of this game. And uh, they weren't able to make up those for, for those mistakes that they made in the second quarter, which was not getting back in transition, not stopping the ball, not being able to slow down Giannis in transition. That, that second quarter, Portland finished with 14 turnovers. They had four in the fourth, but it wasn't just turnovers. It was bad possessions. It was not getting back in transition. And, and Giannis had 15 of his 22 in that second quarter. So it, it wasn't as if... Uh, th- I, I think, you know, Giannis is an all-star for sure, but uh, Portland didn't help themselves tonight with that second quarter, and uh, they they just weren't able to, to pull it out against a Bucks team that uh, has kind of been up and down all year, but they have a lot of talent, and they, and they have talent in a lot of places that make it tough for the Blazers to, to, to keep up with them. Giannis is, is, is such a matchup nightmare for every team. Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting how Portland approached that matchup. I really liked the fact that they went to, uh, or I thought it was interesting that, and, and I thought it was effective that they went with Noah Vonley on, on Giannis for most of the game, which I thought uh, really worked. I mean, it didn't, you can't slow down Giannis. You're not going to make him a non-factor. But I thought the small ball looks when Milwaukee went small in the fourth quarter and, and, and throughout the game, they go small a lot because they can play Giannis 
at center on one end and he or on both ends and he can also bring the ball up as the point guard and he's seven feet tall so he can set a screen for Della Vadova or Brogdon or, or or someone else and he can roll to the basket and as a seven footer he can catch or nearly seven feet tall he can catch the ball in in the middle and he's an aggressive finisher he's gotten better and he's just really really hard to deal with and I thought Vonley did a good job in his minutes I thought he played well and he continues to play well as I mentioned I thought he and Nurkic played well in this game and uh what we saw tonight was kind of a continuation of the team that has been playing over these last uh, 11, 12 games. And that's been the big men playing well. Uh, Vonley had eight points, eight rebounds and was a plus 12 overall. Nurkic had 11 and 14. Uh, I thought Harkless did his best. Uh, Middleton is a tough matchup and, and and Middleton did a lot of work on Harkless uh, throughout the game because Vonley was on Giannis, but I but I thought Vonley acquitted himself well. It wasn't as if Giannis just had a field day. He only shot thirty eight percent. He did have a nice a decent line with twenty two points and eight rebounds, but it wasn't as if he he could do everything. But that that second quarter really hurt the Blazers, and I think that's really what lost them this game. Uh, in addition to the fact that, of course, they barely made any threes tonight, they have been shooting the three well, and this game was kind of uh, an opposite, the the flip side, so to speak, of that Brooklyn win a couple of weeks ago where they shot 60-whatever percent from three and couldn't miss. Uh, they got a good amount of looks, but credit to the Bucks though, for limiting the amount of looks that the Blazers got. They only shot 21, which is pretty well below their average in terms of three-point attempts. Uh, so so credit to the Bucks for really stretching out defensively. And also not a lot of teams can stretch out the way the Bucks do by having a seven-footer like Giannis or even John Henson, who is, is, is mobile, having guys like Middleton with super long arms, and also having kind of pesky defenders like Della Vidova and Brogdon to, to really just – make things hard and Portland did a good job inside the arc I thought the pick and roll was a a, a real big weapon for the Blazers as they struggled to make three-pointers they struggled to get open three-pointers and the roll game was really nice for them I thought Vonley really showed great skill in the roll game and also great recognition in big moments where and I talked about this at, during the Miami game where he knows what to do. And I've even mentioned this with Nurkic where if he catches the ball and he looks for his first read, his his next read isn't, okay, I got to do something. He, he's very patient. I think he kind of maybe learned a little bit of this from Mason Plumley, who had uh, at least Vonley did, I think, of having good patience uh, to, to get the ball to the guards in, in crucial moments, to get it to Dame, to get it to CJ, to let them create. And then the thing that Ner- that Vonley, I think, is doing better than even Plumlee did and definitely not better than Nurkic, but he sets great screens. And, and, and Vonley with a wide base uh, – just just I think sets better screens he didn't he doesn't do as much off of them but 
the more he's getting these minutes and the more he's getting acclimated, the more you're starting to see those skills show up. He is looking comfortable passing the ball in situations. He's looking comfortable rolling to the rim. He's being aggressive. Uh, you know, he's not going to be – he's not plumly yet with handling the ball and, and making decisions, but he's making strides and he's – giving the Blazers a real nice dimension right now, not only as their power forward, as a, a cutter that is finding ways to get open, but he, with, with, with Nurkic in the lineup, he's also doing that as the backup center. He is taking the majority of the backup center minutes right now because Myers Leonard only played seven minutes tonight. I didn't think he played all that poorly. He had a, a nice dish. Uh, but th- this also wasn't necessarily the the best game for Myers, where the Bucks are uh, a really non traditional team. They are really a small ball team that, that is very mobile, and Vonley is just way more built for that type of game with his fluidity moving compared to Myers and and also his he's just a little bit more athletic and more explosive and uh he really looked good in that role I was just I was again in a in a different type of matchup and now he's had probably what four straight games now where he's really played important minutes and really delivered for Portland and uh I think for a while the, the Vonley experience was, well, as long as he doesn't hurt you, it's good. But the way he's played lately, the way he's really understood his role and really just is is willing to be a tool for the offense, he, he's really sacrificing his body a lot, setting a lot of screens, and is showing a really a real willingness to set those screens and also a willingness to roll hard. And he, and, and I think one of the benefits of Nurkic being here is that he's rolled hard and the Blazers have had success. And now, uh, Vonley is doing that. And so they're getting these guys that are creating a lot more attention for some back lines. And on a night when they didn't even shoot the three, well, uh, I, I talked about the team being 4 for 21. Damian Lillard was 2 of 9. Crab 1 of 5. And CJ 1 of 4. Harkless 0 of 2. Uh, not a, a great night from 3, but I think the offense really survived in, in this game. And Portland was really able to stay close uh, in a game where the Bucks I thought, played good defense was because of those roll guys and because of that pick-and-roll game and that patience. And uh, some nights you're not going to have it offensively. Tonight, I think, was one of those nights. You also have to give credit to the Bucks, And it's also uh, that phenomenon where the the first game home or at home after a long road trip kind of feels like the next game on that road trip. And coming back from that East Coast cross-country flight, is not easy and I thought the the good thing was is Portland didn't really it didn't seem like they used that as an excuse I feel like earlier in the season this team 
if they were going if if they started to slip it was going to go all the way and and I thought uh they did a real nice job of not letting that happen after that second quarter where Milwaukee really took control they really worked hard at getting back into the game and and they not only worked hard at it they succeeded getting pretty pretty close ultimately ends in a loss but uh I think my main takeaway from this game is that I don't think anything's really changed with where the team is at from a progression standpoint uh they just lost tonight and uh yeah, I I think that's that's where I'm at. They they just lost this game, but ultimately I think the the trajectory of this team I I still think is pretty good. Uh, Nurkic had a couple of turn had a handful of turnovers tonight, which weren't good, but I thought overall he played well and and played his part. Uh, Vonleh played real big minutes in the fourth quarter of this game and and played them well. Uh, is taking those backup center minutes, as I mentioned, and, and performing well in them. Stotts went to Nurkic for the final 90 seconds or so. Uh, I don't think that made – it didn't make a difference one way or another. Uh, the poor, I, I thought Nurkic uh, and Vonley both both played well tonight. So I, I thought either way it was kind of a – it worked out. Uh, or it didn't work out, but I, I don't necessarily know if one decision was the right one or the other. Uh, but uh, both guys got minutes late. Uh, kind of wild, too, just when you look at the puck score, that Vonley got more minutes than any big man on the team. And for a guy that ha- has struggled to improve the team's performance when he's been on the court, his plus-minus has been really bad uh, for his first couple of seasons, he is really showing a lot and really uh, being a positive player. And I, I know that he's getting a lot of recognition for playing the best ball of his career. Uh, and he has for me, but I, I, I still am uh, continue, continuously impressed because tonight was not an easy matchup. Guarding Giannis, uh, playing center uh, at times against Giannis or against uh, John Henson or... I thought he he did a really nice job of uh, of dealing with that versatility and gave Portland a, a chance in a in a really weird matchup and a tough matchup for them and for a lot of teams. Evan Turner did not uh, have a good game tonight. Uh, he was over four. He was a minus seventeen. Didn't look all that comfortable. His, his jumper looks like it's a little out of rhythm. He's still wearing a brace on that right hand and. I guess this is just what it's going to be. He, he, he's got to get back into a rhythm somehow. It's not going to happen immediately. He's not so, suddenly going to come back and, and and continue shooting well from mid-range, continue controlling things uh, the way he was. And he's still kind of finding his place right now. And so I, I, I think that's where Evan Turner is at. I, I do think that the Blazers as a whole, their team – is in a better spot than they were when Turner was initially trying to figure out how to fit into the team because I think a lot of other guys like Alan Crabb or Aminu, even though Aminu didn't shoot well tonight, I, I think those guys are kind of in a rhythm and, and, and they know how to play. And I, it's going to take time, but 
I, I, I think he just really needs to work through some comfort with that hand, and it, it's not gonna it's not gonna come immediately. And he hadn't played poorly, uh, but he hadn't played well either yet. And and this was one of his uh, probably this was his worst outing of the ones that he's had since the the return uh, against Atlanta. But uh, I, it's it's something that he's got to work through, and and it's something to keep an eye on to see uh, whether he can uh, fit in with this new group because he did a really nice job of helping the Blazers in the starting lineup, but that was also with Mason Plumley, and the, the starting lineup that they've had over the last few games now has been really good and that starting lineup got off to a really good start in this game against Milwaukee uh the lineup with Harkless Lillard McCollum Nurkic and Vonley is a plus 3.8 per 100 possessions not as good of a number as the the Plumley, CJ Dame Aminu and Harkless lineup but obviously that lineup created some other issues on the back end where you couldn't play that lineup for the entire game. And so uh, where their starting lineup is, their current starting lineup is after 14 games, I think is really encouraging, uh, especially because both of their big men in this, in this starting lineup, I mean, actually you, you look at it, you got Lillard and McCollum, and then you got three guys who are 23 or younger uh, in this lineup. And right now they're outscoring teams by 0.4 points per 100 possessions. Uh, their defense is actually better than that uh, Plumlee lineup with the that Plumlee small ball lineup that Portland had success with last year in the playoffs and and, and for parts of this season. Uh, they're they're getting more offensive rebounds with this group, and they they've really done a, a nice job their rebounding overall has been better they have struggled with turnovers which we've discussed ever since Nurkic came to the team but uh overall that group has been playing well and I think you have to be encouraged both by uh the way they're playing and how young they are so uh even though they lose tonight the starting lineup is is really moving forward there's no reason to change it and uh, I don't think there's any reason to, to try and force Turner back into this starting lineup. I think it's more appropriate that uh, they figure out how to make it work as as the team is right now with him coming off the bench. And I think he will be able to find a way to uh, find a way to make it work once he feels more comfortable and, and once he gets his legs back under him, once he gets his reps back and and he gets comfort with that hand because he's wearing a brace. It's weird. And he's also dealing with the fact that he broke his hand. So that uh, from a, a psychological perspective, that's something he also has to get over. And as someone who plays just pickup basketball and, and tried to play pickup basketball with his offhand being broken uh, and thinking about that just being your offhand, uh, it being Turner's shooting hand uh, is even more... Uh, concerning and probably messes with you even more. So, uh, I'm you know I'm sure he's done it in practice, but it's it's different when you're you're playing full contact, uh, and obviously it's it's way different in the NBA than it is in pickup, where guys are physical, they're bumping you, they're uh, really pestering you all the time and being really physical and not really caring uh, about maybe breaking your hand. So, 
uh, that's another thing that Turner's kind of fighting through right now. Uh, he, he struggled in the game tonight, but I think ultimately uh, he'll be able to kind of work his way back into the mix. Some news uh, on on the Blazer front uh, before we wrap up this edition of Locked On Blazers here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have a wide variety of podcasts covering the NFL and the NBA. Uh, everything you need to know about both those leagues, we have it covered. We got the drafts. We got women's basketball. I know that uh, if you're if you're local here in Oregon. Both the Oregon and Oregon State women's teams in the Sweet 16. Very dope. We have the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast hosted by Howard Magdal. So you should check that out as well. Uh, But some news on the Blazer front before we wrap this up. Damian Lillard, uh, as I mentioned, he was the Western Conference Player of the Week. Uh, He answered or responded to that award with another great game. Last week, Lillard led the NBA in scoring with 35 points per game on 55% shooting and nearly 60% shooting from three. He also had average four assists, three rebounds, and one steal. So Dame getting recognition nationally from the league. Also, the Blazers uh, getting uh, quite a bit of recognition nationally as well as uh, their run uh, got some attention. Uh, the ringer.com ha- had a nice write-up uh, by Danny Chow about how Nurkic and his screens, something we have talked about since like, uh, uh, you know, probably I think the, the Orlando game maybe when he had, when he started to set those screens and you can really see him, him doing, doing things. I mean, we, 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 we've been talking about it, but now it's getting on a national scale and, and, and Danny Chow did a great job uh, as he often does uh, analyzing with care and, uh, really just good observations on how Nurkic's screens affect the offense and uh, almost kind of the old school, new school nature of, uh, of Nurkic. So uh, definitely think that's a fun piece to check out about the Blazers and Lillard uh, and Nurkic. Uh, and another note on, on, on the Blazers future uh, for this season uh, John Schumann of NBA.com updated his strength of schedule numbers. I kind of I, I tweeted about them the other day when he when he posted them, but at the time that he posted them, Portland has or had the second easiest schedule in the West in terms of playing teams with a sub 500 record of their final 13 games. Nine of those are against teams under 500. One of those was tonight against the Bucks, who were below 500 coming into this game now Portland has 12 games left and eight of those are against sub 500 teams down this final stretch of the season so uh, Portland has the schedule in their favor will they take advantage another big factor is that Portland has most of their games at home I think they have 10 of their final 13 at home uh, so they will have nine of their final 12 at home. So uh, that is uh, our final note on, on the Blazers of current times. And then one last note uh, I'd like to, to throw out there uh, from, from Blazers past. 
that that got uh, a lot of attention today because uh, the Blazers uh, honored this this gesture. Jerome Kersey, who who passed away uh, in, in in 2015, uh, was honored at halftime uh, of the game against Milwaukee. He was an eye and tissue donor and. There were eight children in a burn center in Texas that were saved because of Jerome's don- donating his his, his tissue uh, and eyes, uh, being an organ donor. Uh, so uh, Jerome Kersey, who was known in, in this town uh, and in the community of, uh, of the Blazers uh, as uh, a really just a, a really great guy, really giving guy who was generous with his time and, and, and generous with the community. Uh, obviously it was a part of those teams that made the finals, but uh, really a guy that embraced the city and, and a guy that the city embraced. I was fortunate enough, you know, before he uh, passed away uh, to do a story on his wife, Terry uh, and, and, and how he helped her uh, with, uh, her MS and multiple sclerosis and, 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 and how, uh, they, and how he helped her fight through that and, and, and how they connected through that. And it was just a really, uh, unique story. And it was, it, it was kind of great to get to know that part of him. Uh, and it just goes to show again that he was, uh, a very generous person, a very special person. And, and the Blazers honored, uh, him tonight. Uh, so, uh, a great gesture from uh, a guy that was really well regarded in the community, uh, for, uh, saving the lives of children and also, uh, helping, uh, people by donating his eye tissue for their eye surgery. So, uh, a great gesture from, uh, Jerome Kersey, even, uh, in, uh, the afterlife, uh, making a difference. So, uh, I think that was a, a pretty cool thing. And uh, Jerome Kersey just continuously proving that he was, uh, you know, better than we ever thought. And so uh, RIP Jerome uh, and uh, Jerome forever. So uh, w- with that, I think we will we'll wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I know that some of you who may listen on Stitcher have had uh, some issues. We're trying to figure that out. Uh, we don't know, you know, we don't know why the Stitcher feed has not been updating, but we're we're trying to get that sorted. Uh, but you can follow the podcast on Stitcher or iTunes or Audio Boom or anywhere you can get the podcast. We really uh, would appreciate your subscription. We would appreciate a five star review if you would be so kind to give us one. Uh, if you listen to us on FanRag Sports, we'd appreciate a, a subscribe uh, if you want more Blazers knowledge in the future. And also, uh, one note out there for, for those of you in the Portland area, I am going to be a part of a panel, a very dope panel, uh, hosted by my friend Anand Pandian from Clutch Points at Portland Gear on March 27th. In Portland, I'm going to be there. Mike Richmond's going to be there. Casey Holdall is going to be there. Uh, we're going to be talking Blazers. There's going to be beer. We're going to be hanging out. Bring your own beer. It's going to be a fun time. So we'll see you at Portland Gear on March 27th for Blazers banter. It's going to be fun. 
Uh, and until next time, Blazers play Thursday against the New York Knicks.